talking about a new series. We're starting a new series called Out of the Box. And what this is going to be about, it's going to be about you and your comfort zone and you getting out of the box. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) All of us on the surface might say we want more of God. But then when that actually, when we're confronted with what that may or may not mean, it could be scary. Because a lot of times we, we want God, but we want him on our terms and we want to keep him at arm's length. And that's normal. That's normal, normal for a lot of things and a lot of things in our life. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through what this looks like. And today we're going to start off with, with um, this particular topic and talk about somebody who you know who was a hero of the faith. And when I say that, somebody probably pops into your mind. I know you're probably thinking about biblical characters, but I'm talking about someone in your life who is a hero of the faith. And for you, it might have been a grandparent. It might have been, it might have been you know, an aunt or uncle or a parent. It could be someone who you know. Like, I, I know I always think of like Pastor Newby, or it could be someone else in your life like that who kind of led you, and you feel like, you feel like I saw this on Facebook a few times with that earthquake. People were saying, how many thought the rapture happened? And I was just laughing like, wow, really? I haven't heard that in a long time where you know, like the rapture happened and you got left. Who would you call? I'm just curious. Like, who would you call to check and see, like, are they still here? Okay, cool. I'm cool. <laughs> I remember doing that as a kid. Like, I remember one time walking home, coming to the house after school. The house was all open. Lights were on. There were things on the counter. I mean, it was all there, like normal, but no one was in the house. And I went outside. The car was there. I'm like, where's my mom? <laughs> it was, I remember looking around and thinking, who could I call? Who would it be that I know for sure they'd answer and I could just hang up real quick? Because I don't want to be embarrassed and say, like, I called because I thought I missed a rapture or something. But <laughs> So who's a hero of the faith for you? Who would it be? Anybody? Shout out a name or a title or somebody? My, oh, right. That's the right answer. John, thank you, John. Ser- yeah, seriously. Well, in the Bible, there's a lot of listed. I mean, there's a lot of people listed. Um, you know, we have in the Bible, we have in, in Hebrews 11, they're actually called heroes of the faith. And I could read you this list. I mean, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Sam- that's a lot, huh? But even that doesn't encompass all of it. You probably think of somebody else. You might think of the disciples or you might think of somebody in the New Testament. But all of those people, if you look at their lives, it might be hard for you to decide what was it about them that made them a hero of the faith. I know I think of my my mom's dad, my grandfather. Uh, He's my namesake, actually. His name was Dennis James. And I'm, I'm Dennis. I'm Dennis Charles, named after both my grandfathers. But I think of him because... When we were growing up, it seemed like every time we visited, he was talking about God. And it seemed like I remember going to church with them, and he was a Sunday school teacher. And I remember just his, his demeanor and the way he treated everybody. He was a man of God. He didn't have a title. He didn't work at the church or anything. In fact, he, was a, he, was a, he worked for a lumber company. He was a, a, a foreman at a, at a sawmill is what he did. And they've kind of followed that, that business from Northern California through Oregon and ended up in Alaska. And when he died, he was actually on a timber scouting mission in a small plane. And sadly, that plane flew into the side of the hill. And one of the few things that survived was his Bible. And I remember thinking, he even had his Bible on a timber survey mission. <laughs> He's a man of God. To me, he's a hero of the faith for me. I want to be like, I want to be remembered like he was remembered. 
we look at that and you think, what made them Hebrews? It couldn't have been their gender because there's different genders mentioned in this. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been their age because there's all different ages in that list I read to you from the scripture. I mean, it couldn't have been even their moral conduct. And I know that sounds weird. I know you're thinking hero of the faith. They got to be perfect because that's how we think, right? But think about David. He, not only did he cheat on his wife, but he cheated on his wife with one of his close friends and then had him killed to cover it up. I know none of you have been done anything like that. I mean, if you look at the rest of them, I mean, there's people in those lists and people you think of in the Bible, and they were, they were not perfect. I mean, Aaron made an idol. Peter denied Jesus. They didn't live perfect or even near perfect lives. I mean, we know that Rahab was a prostitute. Moses was a murderer. Abraham lied about his wife twice, whether or not she was his wife. And then if you think about it, Noah, he went all country song. Remember, he got drunk and ended up naked, and right? These were not perfect people. The Bible is so honest and raw about these things because those are people that, I was going to say we can relate to, not quite that much in that thing, I hope, but... The fact is, they were heroes for something other than that kind of thing. Here's what it was. They were heroes based on their faith. They wanted more of God, and then they trusted him. They wanted more of God, and they trusted him. Faith is one of those things that it doesn't matter your age or your gender or even the places where you've made mistakes. The fact is, David, if you look at his life There were mistakes in the way he raised his kids. I mean, there were a ton of things. But the fact is, it came down to his faith. But most of us don't want to live like that. We we don't want to live by faith. We want to live by sight, right? Because sight's way more comfortable. I mean, I want to know everything. I don't want to go into the unknown. Most of us aren't comfortable in faith because for us to live by faith means you've got to have some uncertainty and doubt. And we don't like that. It's out of our comfort zone. Most of us, like I said before, we want to keep God at at arm's length because we can feel more secure in that. At least we have the illusion of security in that, right? That's why I use this phrase. We want to be comfortable kind of in the box where we can control everything, where everything is known, where it's safe. We want to stay inside the box. But if you think about it, we all instinctively know that's not how it works. Maybe you've heard the saying that a ship is safe in a harbor, but that's not what the ship was built for. You has to leave the box for anything really important to happen. What it means is that you have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. How many like being uncomfortable? Really? I see that hand, but you don't mean it. Nobody likes that. We want things that we can control and that we can count on. and We want to know exactly how it happens. When it's outside of our control, that's when it gets scary. So we are going to look, at least today, at one of those heroes of the faith. We're going to look at Abraham. So let's look at Abraham and just kind of jump into his life here in Genesis chapter 12. It says, the Lord said to Abram, I don't want to mess you up here. We're not going to even talk about this part. But his name was Abram, and then God changed it to Abraham later. But Here in this part of the scripture, it's still Abram. He says, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. 
I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. You know what God was saying to him? (laughs) His box, leave everything you know. Everything you know. Anybody know how old Abraham was at this time? If you know, just shout it out. He was 75 years old. Now, they lived a little longer, so you might say for him that was middle age. But that's not the time most people are pulling up roots and moving. Not only that, where did God say he was taking him? I'll show you where. He said, the place I'll show you. I don't know about you, but, but I'm not cool with that most of the time. I mean, there was no GPS. There was no map. God didn't even offer him that. God said, I want you to leave everything you know and go where I will tell you. That took a measure of faith and a getting out of the box that is way beyond what most of us would be willing to do. Now, most of us, too, it's hard to relate to what God was calling Abraham to because we don't live in his time. I mean, it's, it's different. It's different because today you have roads and you have street signs. And, and in some states, it'll tell you the population and how far to the next city. And he didn't have any of that. It wasn't like that. But it's more than that. Remember where it said to leave your people? That's all really a person then had. There was no governments protecting you. It was more like crazy bandits everywhere. And there was no, when you get there, you just say, here's my ID card. They didn't have that. What you would be asked is, who are your people? And Abraham would say, well, my people are way back over there. It would be totally different. He would be leaving not only everything he knew, but he would be leaving his security. You know what people did back then? They, they would try to live near a big city because at least then, hopefully, the rest of the friends and family, you could call on your aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters, and they would come help you fight. But God didn't give him that. He launched out on his own, by himself, no protection, nothing. Not only that, he was leaving all of his identity, everything he was familiar with. You know how it is when you get used to a certain place and you know which way to turn. Nobody has to give you directions anymore. You don't even know. You don't even think about the street signs. You just drive to wherever you're going, right? He didn't have that. God told him to leave all of that, all of it. We want clarity and we want guarantees. We don't get that. He doesn't get that. (laughs) It's funny because it's safer to just stay inside the box where everything is familiar, and you know what to expect. But God doesn't call us to that. You know what's worse than failure? They say is regret. The regret of not trying. I I would venture to say that God has called all of you to something. And again, I'm not talking about the grandiose things necessarily, like going to another country and being a missionary, but maybe that God did call you to that. But he calls us to little things here and there and things that will change our lives daily. And a lot of times we hold back from those because it's unknown and it's scary. But he's calling us to that. There might be someone in here today. He's been calling you just to be baptized. And you've thought, I'm not sure I'm ready for that step. But he's calling you to it. And it's more comfortable just to sit where you are. What I don't want is for you to have regrets They say at the end of the life, you're not going to look back, end of your life, you're not going to look back and say, 
be, be regretting what you did do. You're going to be regretting what you didn't do, what you didn't try, what you didn't try hard enough to do. Let's take a look again at, at uh, Abraham. It says, at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. <laughs> this is amazing. It's amazing. God tells him, I'm going to take you to the land. I'm going to show you. And then right when Abraham gets there, there's a fan and he's got to move on. You know what that tells us? That when God calls you out of the box, you need to expect difficulties. <laughs> that seems a little backward, doesn't it? Because don't you think that if you're following God and doing what he wants, then it should, everything should just line up, right? And it should be just a charmed life. And if I obey God and step out then everything will be perfect. What I'm telling you is, that's not real life, and it wasn't even what happened to the heroes of the faith like Abraham. He gets there, and things are problems. There's problems. He's got to move again. And moving for them wasn't like moving for us. I mean, they got a tent, and they got animals, and they got to put it all together, and he had to move down into Egypt. You've got to expect difficulties. I wonder what he was thinking at the time, though, because he had just arrived. I mean, I wonder if he went to God and said, did I mishear you? Didn't you say you were going to lead me to this place? And now right after I get here, it's the wrong place? What's going on? The fact is you're going to have difficulties. The fact is that even in difficulties, don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on what God has called you to do. You know what I think of it is? It's, it's almost like if you get a flat tire, what do you do? You fix a flat tire. You don't go slash the other three tires. Right? But a lot of times in our life, it's different because we start to have a problem. We say, okay, well, it must not have been. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back to where it was comfortable. I'm going to climb back in my box. But life isn't like that. God takes us to places, and it doesn't mean it's going to be all perfect. The fact is, everybody has problems. All God's children have problems. And problems don't mean you're not on the right track. It doesn't mean that God isn't taking you where you need to go. Some people think that once you have problems, it's time for them to get back in bed and stay there because it's too hard. That's not true. That's not real life. Let's, let's look at the book of Romans and how it talks about um, Moses and his faith. It says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. We are all and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Pay special attention to this verse. We're going to come back to it. This is what the scriptures mean when God told him. I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. And who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. So you need to remember what God can do. Do you remember what God can do? What's one of the things that said God can do? 
He can raise the dead. God can breathe life into something that's dead. Now, I know for a lot of us, you know, there's things that we've tried or maybe we thought God was wanting us to do. And because it didn't work out and because it was tough, you thought, well, I'm going to give up on that. Maybe it's a relationship that you've had and you feel like you've done all you can do, but it's not working out. Maybe it's somebody you know who, who, maybe it's a child, and they have walked with God at one time, but now they've rejected him. And it's easy for you to think, it's over, I've said all I can say. It's not over. God is the God who brings things to life. Things that look dead, he brings them to life. That's the God, and that's who he is. Might be a financial situation that just looks dead. You remember what was dead? It was their ability to reproduce. That's what he's talking about there. And, and it wasn't like they didn't know science. It wasn't like they didn't know how the body worked. They knew after a certain age, you don't have any more kids. But God had promised this thing. So how was, what was he going to do? The Bible says that Abraham still had faith. What was the next thing he said that he could do? Anybody remember what it is? <laughs> he creates new things out of nothing. New things. So he brings dead things back to life, and then he also creates new things out of nothing. Now, most of us, we walk through life, and we kind of have a way. We know how things work. And there's times where you feel like you've done all you can do. But don't forget, there's a God who works in these things, and he can do more. Do not forget what he can do. I love that phrase, God creates new things out of nothing. I've heard it said a different way, too. There's different translations that translate that. He calls things that are not as though they were. That's who he is. And then NIV, it says, he calls into being things that were not. He can do that. He can speak life into what was dead, and he can do things that you can't even imagine. But the key is you have to believe, and you have to get out of the box, and you have to walk out of your comfort zone, and you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let me me say, this is kind of a sad thing, but If you want to be comfortable, you can be. It's just there's no miracles there. I mean, we can all be comfortable. You can sit back and let everybody else take the risks. You can do that. But there's no miracle there. You know, in a contract, it's there's a promiser and then a promisee. God is the promiser. He's the one saying that he's going to deliver on this. You, you have to trust him. The fact is that um, you be honest about your situation, and he will come through for you. And you may be thinking, I can't make this happen. Guess what? You don't have to. He does. He's the Messiah. You're not. He's the manufacturer of these things. You're not. You can't fix everything, but he can. Right? Do you hear me? The fact is, he's the one who makes these things happen. He didn't say, you go make it happen. He said, I'll make it happen. You're saying, I can't change my circumstances. You're right, but he can. You're saying, I can't change people. You're right, but he can. You may need to just drop. Some of us have kind of this Messiah complex, like I'm going to fix it all and I can get it all done, but you can't. I remember this this, um, minister I heard speaking one time. He was talking about when he first got in the ministry, he would be gone four or five nights a week working so hard, trying to fix everybody's problems and everybody's family. And his wife sat him down one day and she said, Jim, I hate to tell you this, but you're not the Messiah. 
she said, you need to stop acting like that and trust the Messiah. Let's look at Abraham again. Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. You know what I like about this? He faced the facts with faith. I kind of like that, all the F's there. He faced the facts with faith. You know what's great about that? He wasn't in denial. He knew that they were old. Do you see the difference there? It's not like he walked into it and he was like, well, I know God's going to do it. He wasn't, he wasn't in a fantasy land. He knew that if this was going to happen, it was going to be a God thing. I think a lot of times people look at Christians and they think we're deluded or, or we just lie to ourselves about what's real. That's not faith. What faith is, is looking at the reality of what it is and still believing Abraham didn't lie to himself. He was honest about the situation, but he still believed God. Faith isn't pretending you don't have a problem. It's not walking around and saying, I don't have a headache when I do. What it is, is believing that there's still a God who will still come through for you. It's about being honest about your situation and believing, about, believing that, that we have a big God. It's about believing that God is the one who's going to make a way out of no way. It's about a God who spoke the universe into being and trusting him for the answer. It's about a God who you know designed our complex bodies and he could still be the healer. It's about a God who knows more about your situation than even you do, but you're honest about what the situation is. God will work it out. That's what he does. And again, back to Genesis in the story here. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision. And said, do not be afraid, Abram, for I'm, I will protect you and your reward, reward will be get great. But Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? If you do the math, this is about 25 years later. He had been believing God for 25 years. Now, when God gave him the promise at 75, it was probably a little late to have kids already, right? But he was believing 25 years later. And during this time, God had blessed him. He had blessed him in a lot of ways. He had a lot of, prop, not property, he had a lot of things, but he didn't have the son yet. And you may look at this scripture, and, and maybe you, like me, might look at it and say, well, hold up here. It looks like maybe he was starting to lose faith. But that's not really what was happening. What was happening is he was still trusting in what God had said, but he had some questions. Let me... Let me put some of your minds to rest. Maybe you're saying, I want to believe God, but I still have some questions. We serve a God who's okay with questions. In fact, in our day and age, the world that we live in today, it seems like our culture defines knowledge with knowing everything about everything. And maybe that's kind of a guy thing. We just like to know stuff. And if you've ever been around guys, it's funny. Like I remember once um, our bus broke down and it was at a Royal Ranger event. And um, you would not believe how many guys walked up and told me how to fix that bus. And they all asked, you got gas? Oh, man. I really, <laughs> I was about ready to choke somebody. Like, really? You think I've been standing here and all these guys are asking me if I got gas in the bus? Yes, we got gas. Do you have oil? Oh, my goodness sakes. But that's how we are. We all want to know everything about everything, Right? But there's going to be things in the Christian life you're not going to have every answer. And that's okay. If you had every answer, you wouldn't need faith. 
That's the thing. Trusting in him by definition means, faith means you don't necessarily have every answer. And as you mature in your Christian walk, it's going to be okay, but it's going to be hard. Because when you step out of the box, you want to know everything, and you want to have every step lined out in front of you, but it's not always going to be that way. It doesn't work like that. And, and maybe, maybe Moses started to wonder, was our deal still good? Did I do something to get out of God's favor because it's been so long? And that would, that would make sense with him saying, God, I appreciate your blessings, but where's the boy you promised? <laughs> the life of faith is not the absence of all doubt. The life of faith is walking with God in spite of your doubt. The fact is, you're going to have faith and you're going to have doubt. The question is, which one are you going to walk in? Because doubt will always be there. It's just part of who we are as human beings. You're always going to have a measure of faith and doubt. It just depends on which one you're going to act on. Moses kept asking questions, but he stayed in the relationship because that's what mattered. Don't be afraid of questions. I believe questions are part of the process. And God walks us through and says, hey, I got this. And you say, well, what about this? He says, okay, look at this. Did Abraham get all the answers? No. Did he ever even get an explanation for all the problems? We don't see it in scripture. But he still trusted. Faith faith is continuing to seek and trust in the middle of ambiguity even in the lack of answers. Some people jump ship right there. It's as if they don't have every answer. They say, well, there must not be a God, or I can't trust him anymore. And the fact is, we, walk, we live in a world with ambiguity. I mean, do, do any of us really know how electricity even works? I mean, it's generated someplace. It floats through these lines. It comes through the light. It goes back out. Cell phones. I mean, goodness sakes. There's so many things. We, we live this life without every answer, but then when it comes to God, we, dis, we, did, we say, we need every answer. Let me just tell you this. As you grow in your faith, you're actually going to become more comfortable with questions. You are. And here's something else. The longer you work with those questions and with God, you'll also get a lot more answers. Those things go together. You, God will answer more of those things, and your faith will get stronger. It doesn't mean that you will have less questions but your faith will grow stronger through the whole thing. Back to, Mo, back to Abraham here. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will, be your heir, will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Basically, what God was telling him is, the deal is still on. Can you count the stars? I mean, <laughs> I've told you this before. I, I didn't get glasses till I was in my senior year in high school. I thought I knew how many stars were out there until I actually had glasses. And then I'm like, ah. I mean, have you ever been out on a, on a, maybe away from a city and it's a clear night? And it's almost like... The sky looks cloudy with stars. There's so many. And you're kind of looking at the Milky Way galaxy, and that's part of it. That's the sky that Abraham saw. And when God said, your descendants will be as many as this, <laughs> he still trusted God. You can't even count the stars, but God can count. 
You know, and Abraham had setbacks. You know that, right? I mentioned earlier he lied about who his wife was in two occasions. Got him in big trouble. His family split up. Remember, Lot went one way and he went another way. He had the famine thing. No kids, no land. And do you realize this? That even when he did have the son, he didn't see the stars. He didn't see the nation like that. He never realized that. Again, doing the math just a little bit here. He had his son Isaac after he was about 100. And the Bible says that Isaac didn't have his two boys, Esau and Jacob, till he was about 60. Abraham lived to about 175. So he saw his sons, but died when they were younger. Do you see this? I mean, the grandsons were about 15 when he died. He never even saw the full thing. But he trusted. And did the full thing happen? Yeah, it did. But he trusted God without the seeing of it. That's the beauty of it. That's what God is asking from us. The fact is that the deal is still on for you too. Can other worship team come up here? As they come up, I just want to talk to you for a little bit more. Just like Abraham, none of us are perfect. I mean, none of us. You may have had things in your life, that, mistakes that you've made, and you feel like you're paying for it, and you start to question, is God still for me? Yes, he is. He's still for you. The deal is still on. You may have, again, a relationship that looks, looks completely hopeless, and you may be saying to God, is the deal still on? It is. It's still on. You may have financial setbacks that you can't, you can't see any way out of, and you wonder, God, are you going to get me through this? And God is telling you, yes, the deal is still on. Can you trust him in the middle of that? Can you trust him? Can you hope beyond hope that he will see these things work out? Maybe you have a child, like I mentioned before, who's not walking with God, and it it breaks your heart every day, and you pray for him every day, and you plead with God, God, are you going to fix this? Yeah, you know what? He loves your baby more than you. Did you ever think about that? I know it seems impossible, but he does. He cares more than you. He loves more than you. He knows the situation more completely than you. And yes, the deal is still on. In the book of Hebrews, it says, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The deal's on. He's on your side. He has plans for you that are still going to happen. That's the God we serve. The question is whether or not you can get out of the box and trust him with something that you hold so dear. The question is, can you get out of the box and give your whole self to him or not? The question is whether you're going to get out of the box. And he called Abraham to a land. This still blows my mind. I'll tell you where on the way. That's a lot of faith. But God calls us to those kind of decisions all the time. And can you trust him with that? Can you trust God to work in your marriage? Can you trust God to work out your job situation? Can you trust him with your relationships and your finances and your grief and your dreams and your education and your retirement? Can you trust him with those things? The question is, will you get out of the box and trust him or not? I want you to shut your eyes with me for a moment. I I was thinking about this 
just praying over this sermon over the last few days and just thinking, there's probably someone in here right now that you haven't fully even trusted him with your life. Here I am talking about things in your life, but you haven't even given your life to him yet. And if that's to you, my question to you is, can you trust him with your life? Would you let him even guide your life and tell you where to go and what things he's going to do for you? So my question is, there's somebody in here today that maybe you've never even trusted him yet with your life, but you would consider that today. That by raising your hand, you would, you would consider trusting him with your life. Anybody here like that today that we could pray with you today? Anybody at all? All right, let's just jump to this next thing then. Here's my question. Some of you have been feeling like you need to stay safe and be in a box. But because of what you've heard today, you feel like maybe God is calling you to step out of that. I gave you a lot of options of what that might look like. So I'm just wondering, anybody here been struggling with getting out of there, but you want to step out of that box today and trust him? Anybody at all? Raise your hand for just a second. See those hands, and I appreciate your honesty. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want all of us to stand for just a moment. I want to give us a chance to pray for you. If you would like prayer for any of those things or anything else, maybe it's something that you're just thinking, I want to trust him, but I need someone to pray with me and help me trust him. I need them to help me, and we can trust him together. Maybe you need prayer this morning. I'd like to invite our our board and, and their wives and pastors and wives and prayer team and wives. And I'd just like you to come forward. And if you would step out right now and come, but if you would like us to join you in prayer on any one of those things or anything, I want to invite you to come and we'll pray with you for just a few minutes as the worship team leads us. So if you'd like, just come down here and pray with us.